Good morning. Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God, and welcome to Christmas Sunday. You know, I read about a young boy, a young boy desperately wanting a bicycle for Christmas. So this young boy goes to his parents and asks them for the bike. Now, his parents wanted to teach him the importance of prayer, so they suggested that he write out a letter, not to Santa, but write out a letter to Jesus and pray for one instead. Not very happy with the response of his parents, he immediately threw a temper tantrum. So his parents sent him up to his room. Now, once he was in his room, he decided to take his parents' advice and scratch out, write out a letter to Jesus. So here's what he wrote. He wrote, Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy this year and would love a new bicycle. Can you see if I could have one? Your friend, Johnny. That sounded like a great little letter from a little guy. But after Johnny wrote it out, he began to think. And he knew that Jesus really knew the kind of boy that he had been this year. So he crumpled up his letter, threw it away, and decided to give it another try. So the second letter he wrote sounded like this. Dear Jesus, I've been an okay boy this year, but I want a new bicycle. Yours truly, Johnny. He sat back and admired his work, but he also knew that that wasn't totally honest. So he tore it up, threw it away, and tried yet again. And he wrote this. Dear Jesus, I've thought about being a good boy this year, could I have a bicycle? Johnny. <laughs> Simply shortened to the point. Then Johnny paused. And he looked deep down in his heart, which, by the way, that's what his parents had really wanted. Johnny knew he had been a bad boy, but he sure hoped he was going to receive something from Jesus. So he crumpled up the third letter, threw it away in the trash, and he went downstairs where his mother had a nativity set displayed on the coffee table. He grabbed the figurine of Mary, wrapped it up in a blanket, took it upstairs, and hid it underneath his bed. Then he composed this final letter to Jesus. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, give me a bicycle. Johnny. Some people will do just about anything to get what they want. Now, hopefully you haven't quite gone to that extreme this year. But sometimes, maybe, Johnny was fearful of what kind of boy he was and fearful of the response. Well, this month we've been looking at a series we've entitled Fear Not. We've been taking a look at the Christmas story contained in God's Word and looking at three different occasions where God sent angels. God sent his angels to individuals, and when angels show up, two words that they often say are, Fear not. Don't be afraid. I mean, if you saw an angel, and we've all got these ideas and pictures, you know, angels glowing, halos, wings, all of that, maybe, maybe flying in with smoke and special effects, whatever it would be, however they would appear, we would probably get a little nervous or afraid. So typically, one of those first phrases is, 
don't be afraid, fear not. So we've taken a look already at a couple different ones. First, we looked at Mary. God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary, and the encouragement and the challenge was, Mary, trust God no matter what. Last week, we took a look at Joseph. God sent an angel to Joseph, and and the response was, obey God. Obey God in all things. Today, we conclude by taking a look at the shepherds. So I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to see how God sent an angel as well as the heavenly host to this group of individuals known as the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, and we've got some special little guests reading our text scripture. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Here we go. shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid that the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day of the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find your baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill. Peace and goodwill towards men. Keep your place right there in Luke chapter 2. We'll actually continue that passage just a little bit later. But Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and following. Verse 8, it says, there were shepherds. And they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. Verse 9 says that the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And that's where that famous phrase, fear not, don't be afraid, don't worry, this is, this is the message from God to you. So God sent the angel, and we see later that there is this great company of the heavenly host, and, and in our minds we get this vision of, of the sky being filled with angels. What would that have looked like? Can you imagine that, being a shepherd and seeing that? Now, initially in Israel's history, shepherding was a pretty noble profession. Abel was the first to have this, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Of course, David, we remember David who became King David. He wrote Psalm 23, the Lord is my, oh, you guys are good. The Lord is my shepherd. So throughout the Old Testament, we see many people were shepherds. Many people, this was a a rather noble profession. But right about this time, as we're getting into the New Testament, to this first century, Shepherding had kind of lost its luster. It was not quite as glorious or attractive or well thought of. In this particular day and age, by this particular point, shepherds were thought to be as outcasts. They made up the lowest class of people coming in just ahead of lepers. 
lepers with contagious skin disease. Shepherds were, were just above them. In the Talmud, which is a collection of interpretations and insight written by Jewish rabbis, we read these words. No help is to be given to heathen or shepherds. So they were not very well thought of. Outcasts. They were unclean. Ceremonially, they were unclean due to the fact that the nature of their work, being outside all day with these sheep, left them unable to attend religious services. In addition to ceremonially unclean, shepherds were unclean. Hanging out with sheep all day, this, this was not necessarily the inside cleanest kind of profession. So they were outcasts, seen as unclean, often viewed, and certainly the, the fact of the matter was many of them were uneducated, the job of a shepherd was so low that a father, if he had it in the family, often would give it to the youngest son. Many times it was reserved for slaves, seeing that shepherds were uneducated. Often no means of skill or advancement in a career. You simply fulfilled that job. Shepherds were isolated. Shepherds were forgotten about. Their flocks needed to move around. You, you've got to find fresh grass and fresh water. You typically don't have this massive field and you just stay put. You, you kind of roam. And so as you roam, you're a little isolated, maybe never in that exact same place, often forgotten about. Shepherds were treated with contempt and distrust. Often they were suspected of stealing from others. And as was the case, many times that was correct. I mean, if you were roaming from place to place to place and you weren't in one place for a particularly long period of time, how tempting would it be to maybe swipe something that wasn't yours and take it with you? So they began to have a little bit of this reputation, distrust. Their testimony was not allowed in court. They were viewed as unreliable. Shepherds were brash and bold. It was one of those brash, bold professions. Living out on the fields away from society it made them rather unappealing to many people. Many of the shepherds had foul mouths and ready to fight at the drop of a hat. You, you know kind of the phrases, even to this day, people talk about uh, cussing like a sailor or a phrase to that Respect. It's a little bit of the viewpoint of shepherds, kind of kind of rough, very rough around the edges kind of individuals. Brash, bold. Many times they felt rejected and unworthy. Religious leaders taught that shepherds were not good enough for God. They could not be made right with God. They taught that they're, you're just not good enough. Shepherds felt neglected. They felt unworthy. They felt unloved. I mean, if everyone views you as a thief, if everyone views you as unreliable and untrustworthy, you're certainly not going to sense love one from another. People wanted to keep their distance. They felt inadequate. Maybe felt like, spiritually, a failure. One of those big rules that was taught was about keeping the Sabbath and taking that day of total rest. Well, how do you keep the Sabbath? How, how do you have a day of complete, total rest when you've got this field filled with sheep who need you? Seven days out of seven. 
nearly 24 hours out of the day. So physically, they could not do what they were asked to do spiritually, and so often they felt inadequate. So we hear this and we say, wow, this doesn't seem like maybe the the greatest kind of group, maybe the most desirable kind of group, but yet the more you listen, doesn't it sound an awful lot like average, everyday people? People who have some issues. Maybe you hear yourself in some of those descriptions. And these are the individuals that God has chosen to send the angels to. The greatest message ever sent from heaven came to a bunch of shepherds out in the field. God came to the neglected, often marginalized shepherds as God shared his message, his good news with them. It's an encouragement that everyone matters to God. Everyone matters. God's message is for all. The only announcement, if you would, only proclamation about the birth of Jesus Christ comes to this group. So no matter how insignificant you might think or feel, God views you as important. So we take a look at this scripture, Luke chapter 2, and who was that Christmas message for? It was sent to the shepherds. But today... Who is this Christmas message for? It's for all of us. It's for you. It's for me. And so if this message is for everyone, once we hear this message, how ought we to respond? And so as the angel came to Mary, it encouraged to trust God. The angel came to Joseph and encouraged to obey God. And I believe as the angels come to these shepherds, The encouragement is, let us respond to God. And we've got the opportunity to respond as the shepherds did. First of all, I believe the shepherds teach us how to respond to God, and that's this. Open your heart to God. Open your heart. It says there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. I think a first response from all of us is open up our hearts, be sensitive to, be attentive to what God has to say. Now, it's a little bit easier here at Christmas. We tend to be maybe a little bit more open to some of the things of God and people as a whole and society as a whole oftentimes can be because it's things that that. In the midst of frosty and in the midst of uh, all kinds of Christmassy things, we know about and we hear about Jesus. And so you're here this morning, and we're thankful that you've come to honor and to worship God. But I want to encourage you to go one step further and open up your heart. Be ready to receive what God has. It's interesting. Here's shepherds. They weren't really well thought of, and yet God sends the angel to them. They weren't the, certainly they were not the spiritual leaders, and yet they knew exactly what was going on. God was speaking to them through this angel. Now, I know some of you are saying, 
Well, if I had an angel show up to me, I'd listen too. And that's true. And maybe God doesn't do that with every single person. Some people have. They've heard the audible voice of God. Some people have seen the angel of the Lord and, and showing up to them. Many people have not. So just because we don't see an angel doesn't give us an excuse to say, well, then I, I just I can't hear from God. I, God must not be speaking to me. The issue is this. God is speaking. Even in Romans he says, through creation, we're without excuse. We look out and we see the handiwork of God, the creation of God, and even that points to, the message points to a creator and a God. But beyond that, certainly God's given us his word. As we can read and study and hear it, God's given an opportunity of connecting with him in prayer. There are many different ways that we can hear and open up our heart to God. God has been speaking. I believe God continues to speak. God's not going to stop. God will continue to speak. Are we going to have an open heart? Are we going to have an open ear, a receptive ear? In other words, tuned in to God. Everything has really changed when it comes to music. You know, Back in the day, it was, it was just radio, or maybe it was, you know, the, the turntable and the, the 45s, and, and pretty soon into 8-tracks and cassette tapes and CDs. In today's generation, there's less and less and less and less even of CDs. It, it's just, it's digital, it's tuned in. But if you're driving in the car, and you're trying to get a radio station, how many of you still love the radio how many of you have, you have a radio station? It might be music, it might be you know, talk, it might be sports, news, weather. Whatever the case might be, you've got to tune into the radio to make sure that we get all the traffic for the Ada Alger metropolis area. Right? But when you turn on the radio, particularly if you're traveling, right, sometimes you're kind of searching through the radio dial. You just want to see what's out there because, you know, if you're in a different state, uh, you're far away, you don't know what kind of radio stations they have. And so you're, you're driving through and you're kind of, some of you maybe still have the little dials, little round dials that you turn. Some of you just have, you know, little buttons to search. Some of it maybe is touch screens. All different ways. But at some point, you tune in to a station like, whoa, 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 stop here, I like this song. Or stop here. They're talking football. Whatever it is. You're listening. You're saying, wow, we don't get this where we live. That radio station, it broadcasts. In fact, it's broadcasting the entire time. You've got to be able to tune in to catch it. With most of them, you've got to be close enough. And even around here, there's all kinds of radio stations in, in this Lima land area, but many times our, our radios are off. Just because our car radio or our house radio is off, does that mean that those radio stations are not transmitting? No. They're transmitting 24 hours a day. Our radios need to be on and they've got to be tuned in and plugged into that frequency to hear what that station is proclaiming.
similar way. I believe God is continuing to speak. Maybe not every single day through an angel as he spoke to these shepherds. But God's word, God is speaking to you and I. We've got to be ready. We've got to be connected and tuned into him. Sometimes we're just simply not open, alert, attentive, or tuned in. God's saying, listen, the shepherds were open and receptive. When I had a word for them, when I had a message for them, they were able to pick it up. I think we've got to be able to open up our heart to God. He's speaking. He's speaking clearly, even on a day throughout today, through many different ways. Open our heart to God. These shepherds were ready. They were attentive for, for kind of some big, bold, brash individuals. God got their attention. They didn't turn away. They sensed what God was doing. Are we going to recognize and respond to the voice of God? That's one response. Open up our heart to him. Secondly, here comes that word again. Come. Come to Jesus as you are. Verse 15, continuing the, uh, the reading there in Luke chapter 2, it says, When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. We're to come. Now, from the shepherd's perspective, they went. From little Jesus' perspective, they were coming. We've heard that word come in the devotional of our worship. We heard that word come in the message in our service. And God had prompted me with this one. Come as you are. Come to Jesus. It's great that hopefully we can be sensitive and hopefully dialed in or tuned in to what God's saying. But if, if that's all it is, if we say, well, I, I came to church or I, you know, I heard a little bit of what God was having to say or, or maybe through what the, the Bible was speaking or I, I heard God speaking, but I didn't do anything about it, that's not good. He wants us to take that next step, not just hear what he has to say, but then continue to respond. Let's come to Jesus. But How? Encouragement is we can come as we are. These shepherds, they were not the elite of the land. They were not the religious elite or elite in any way. They simply came as they were to go find this child. That's the good news. He'll meet you right where you are. The shepherds didn't need to try to clean themselves up and then come to Jesus. They just came. They didn't need to try to act like somebody else or speak like somebody else or be like somebody else. They just came to Jesus. And sometimes in, in our culture today, many people think, well, before I give my life to Jesus, I need to get some things right. I, I, you know, I realize there's probably some things I'm saying or probably some things I'm doing I ought not to. And so when I'm tired of that and, and when I'm kind of over that, I'll, I'll kind of clean myself up. And at some point, then I'll come to Jesus. That's backwards. 
We come to Jesus and allow him to do the cleaning. Now, these shepherds, bold and brash and who knows exactly what their language was like, come to Jesus, allow him to do the cleaning. Come to Jesus, allow him to do the cleansing and the forgiving. Sometimes people say, well, man, you don't know what my past is like. And you're right. I don't. God does. And he still says, come. The shepherds, they didn't look around and say, man, we're, we're not good enough to come. They just came. And in response to this message, not just to, to be sensitive to and kind of tuned in to what God has to say, but come, come as you are, come to Jesus. If you, if you smell like a shepherd, come and let him clean up. If your past is filled with all kinds of sins of whatever kind, come and let him do the cleansing and cleaning spiritually. The shepherds simply came as they are. That message was for everyone. It wasn't just for all the perfect people because no one's perfect. So we're able to come and respond to God. So, number one, the shepherds opened up their heart. They were tuned in to God. Number two, come to Jesus just as you are. Number three, see the Savior. So the shepherd said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Verse 17 says, when they had seen him. They came to see and they did. Come see the Savior. Don't let anything keep you from getting to and getting in contact with and seeing the Savior, Jesus Christ. It's one thing to say, okay, I'm open and sensitive. I'm, I'm ready to, to listen to what God has to say. It's one thing to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to come kind of towards Jesus. It's another thing to get there and say, I'm seeing, I'm confronting, I'm face to face with the Savior. How, how powerful was it these mighty strong outdoor men coming to a little baby as the Savior? Many times we can be so busy or focused on all kinds of other things, it's very difficult to see Him. Because maybe what we see are all the mistakes and errors of our past, all the sins we've been a, a part of. Or maybe what we see in front of us is just busyness. We, we see, wow, we love Christmas time, but oh, we're so busy. And if we're not careful, we can get so busy with stuff, we don't see the main reason for Christmas. We can get so busy with things about Jesus, things about Christmas, that we don't really see Jesus. Good things. We can get all tied up in the songs about him or some of the other fun songs of Christmas, but lose sight of Jesus, lose sight of the Savior. We can get so tied up in the decorations. We can get so tied up in the, in the gifts under the tree. Sometimes we lose sight of seeing the reason for it all. 
So they were sensitive to what God was speaking. They came to Jesus. They saw the Savior. They were surrendering to him. These big, bold, brash shepherds sought to see Jesus, the Savior, surrender their life. But it didn't stop there. Because when they were done, number four, what was their response? Their goal was to then tell others. Verse 17 and 18 says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Shepherds. Not trained religious leaders. Not skilled kings or queens. Shepherds from the field now were telling the good news. Everybody who heard it was amazed at what was taking place. What were they telling? They were telling about Jesus. They were simply telling what they had seen and witnessed and heard. We like to do that, right? It's just maybe not always about Jesus. People might see or experience something powerful. Frozen 2, got to see it. The latest Star Wars just came out Thursday. Got to see it. And, and we're ready to tell and to share about all kinds of things. Oh, have you been to this restaurant? Have you shopped at this store? We'll tell others about all kinds of things. What were, what were the shepherds telling about? Very simply, Jesus. They were telling about Jesus. It wasn't a reference necessarily to Mary or to Joseph, though certainly they were a part of that. They were sharing about Jesus. These shepherds, did they have chance, did they have time to have a, a class or a course on evangelism? Did, did they have time to go through the how to share your faith class? They simply went out and told people, here's what I've seen. We've seen the Savior. His name's Jesus. Centered and focused on him. Now, there's a, a lot of good things about and surrounding this week of Christmas. But what are we to tell? What are we to share with others? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. They didn't seem too worried about having this masterful presentation. Uh, they probably didn't have PowerPoint slides to tell. They probably didn't have a microphone to amplify their voice. They just simply said, guess and listen to what we've seen and heard. We're just going to share the story of what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ. We can oftentimes uh, get a little backwards when it comes to sharing. Shepherds weren't necessarily skilled or trained in this. They just simply said, Here's what we've seen. Here's what we've heard. Here's what we've experienced. Like the shepherds, let's be ready to tell others what God has done in our lives. Now, in the Word of God, it says that there was good news. The angels told them, we've got great tidings of good news. What's the good news this morning? What's the, what's the good news when it comes Christmas time? The good news is, that there's a gift. How many of you like gifts? Raise your hand. If the person next to you doesn't have their hand up, raise it for them. 
because they're lying. Everybody likes gifts, little kids and big kids and dogs. Our dog, Shadow, loves presents, carrots, you know, anything wrapped up, he'll, he'll, he'll dig it out. He'll, he'll scratch and he'll paw. So listen, I know we love presents. The good news is that there's a gift, but as God's word says, he says, I bring you good tidings of great joy. It will be for all the people. Today is born a savior. There's a gift, and the gift is the savior, Jesus Christ. Now, in our day and age and culture, many people think, I'm good. I'm a good person. In fact, I'm a whole lot better than this person over here. We can do that. I mean, not you. I'm sure it's other people probably do that. But in our society, that's what many times people do. Okay, I'm a pretty good person. I'm, in fact, I'm better than them because they're rotten. He's a scoundrel. And I won't tell you what she is. All, all these things. So we say, I'm good. Only problem with that is God's word contradicts that. God's word says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So no matter how good we think we are, no matter how good we are in comparison to others, we're not here to compare ourselves to others, but with God's standard and God's desire. And when we measure ourselves up against God's standard, as God's word says, we fall short. But the good news is there's a gift. The Christmas message says there's a Savior. Jesus Christ came as a boy to this earth, ultimately to live, ultimately to die upon the cross, and to do so for your sins and for my sins, because we have sinned. What an incredible gift. Greater than anything that could be underneath or next to or near your tree this week. The good news is there is a gift and it's the Savior, Jesus Christ. Secondly, what's the good news? The gift is for everyone. The message to the shepherd said, I bring you great joy for all the people. Man, what a gift. How many of you have some hard-to-find someones, you know, hard-to-buy-for someones on your list? You, you got this little list, and you're making it out, and you're wanting to try to find something like, what do I get them? Well, they won't like this, or maybe this won't fit, or maybe this isn't the right color, or maybe it's not the right this. And the gift of Jesus, the gift of the Savior, applies to all. The good news is that the gift is for every single one. You don't have to worry about whether or not that gift fits. If you're buying for a teenage boy, buy it like two sizes bigger. They'll probably grow into it. You, know, you no longer have to worry about, will they like this, will they not, will it fit, will it not? The response is simple. We've all sinned. We've all done wrong. We need a Savior. Good news, Jesus came as the Savior. And the good news is that that gift is for everyone. But not only is it for everyone, we say, well, that's just broad, that's just, well, it's for everyone. 
What it says in verse 11 is, unto you. A baby is born unto you. That's what the angel said to the, to the shepherds. Huh. So the good news is for everyone, but the baby is born for me. It's personal. It's a personal message, a, a personal response. The good news is there's a gift. It's the Savior Jesus. It's for everyone. But thirdly, that gift, that gift is available right now. The angel said to the shepherds, today is born to you. It's ready. It's available. Some of you as well, you know, you're, you're trying to buy something, and maybe you're buying something that's really, really popular, and you get to the store, and they're sold out. It's not available. I say, well, you, you can buy one of these. It's a rain check. How many of you want to give a rain check? Maybe you do. So you open up a box, and it's a piece of paper that says it's a rain check. Good for this. You don't have this yet. But maybe, eventually, someday it's going to come in stock and you're going to get this, whatever the this is. The good news is that gift, the gift of a Savior to cleanse and forgive our sins, that's for everyone, it's available right now. You don't have to wait for it to be released later. You don't have to wait for it to be back in stock later. The opportunity is for you and for me Right now, today is born unto you a Savior, Christ the Lord. It's just what we need. It fits exactly because we're a sinner in need of a Savior. And God sent his son Jesus as the ultimate gift. So the shepherds heard the angel. The shepherds were encouraged to fear not, but respond to God. I want to encourage us this morning to respond to him. Will you open your heart to listen, to tune in, to connect with what God's speaking? Will you come to Jesus? Come, come, come as you are, God's word says. Will you see the Savior break through all the stuff that's the busyness and the hectic week to see and surrender to Jesus as the Savior. And then finally, don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep the good news of Jesus and forgiveness of sins to yourself. Tell others. Share it with others. 